0: In your Bible to the book of Luke chapter number 16, and I'll be reading and talking about a subject that any reference to this subject is kind of like referring to unicorns and mermaids. Just a figment of somebody's imagination. And the Bible said, and there was a certain rich man, verse 19, and there was a certain rich man which were clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. I suppose probably this was the neighborhood hero that all the young men and young ladies envied the man that lives down the way behind the gated community dressed in royalty the color purple wore fabric that would imported from egypt out of the finest of materials he was the elite of the elite he was the speaker at the Full Gospel Businessmen's Association. He even spoke for the Cowboys for Christ and Coon Hunters for Jesus. This guy is the envy of all the community. He was not just any man, he was a certain man. He was just not a wealthy man, he was sumptuously enjoying life at its best. He might have played football once in a while. And the Bible said, and there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs, not a handout, the crumbs that was falling from the table that the dogs would eat. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, there's the uh, reference to unicorns and mermaids. To most, hell is no more a reality than unicorns and mermaids. a subject of theatrics in Hollywood, but a taboo subject in Baptist churches and in Christian homes. Nobody wants to hear about hell. Tell me about the good times. Don't talk to me about a horrible place in the Bible. And in hell, he lift up his eyes. Well, his senses worked in hell. His senses were still activated in hell. He could see. And being tormented, well, I guess he can feel. Seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger into water and cool my tongue for I'm tormented in this flame. Now that flame is kind of like unicorns and mermaids in our mind's eye. In society's mind's eye, in our educational system's mind's eye, we might as well be talking about unicorns and mermaids as to talk about this imaginative place that Jesus described as hell. By the way, how long has it been since you've heard a sermon on hell? How long has it been since you watched your favorite TV preacher and heard a sermon on hell? Have you ever heard one from Houston? Or Lake Worth? What we want is sermons about unicorns and mermaids. Because that don't bug us at all. But if we're going to study the Word of God and be worthy of Him, maybe we ought to address the subjects that He addressed. If you notice in your Bible, if it's got red writing, probably... This stories in red. Indicative of Jesus being the preacher. And the Bible goes on to say, and besides all this, verse 26, beside there is a great gulf fixed so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore. I wonder if this fellow ever prayed before this time. I wonder how often he prayed as he wore his beautiful clothes and lived his sumptuous life. And as every day he walked by, Lazarus, full of sores, begging for the crumbs, and just turned away as he walked by and looked at this filthy mess Called Lazarus. I wonder if he prayed over that sumptuously food he ate. You said well, I don't pray much. Okay. This fellow didn't either. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldst send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren that he may testify of them lest they should come to this place of torment. Abraham said unto them, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. He said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto them, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, that's the word of God, Neither will they be persuaded though one rose from the dead. Everybody wants to hear sermons about heaven. Nobody likes to hear sermons about hell. Every preacher likes to talk about heaven. No preacher likes to talk about hell. Every preacher likes to describe the streets paved with gold, the walls of jasper and gates of pearl. Every preacher likes to talk about mansions on Hallelujah Boulevard just down the street from the throne of God, from which, thrones, which throne flows thunders and lightnings and, and the voices of seraphims crying out day and night, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty. But nobody wants to hear the screams of a rich man tormented in the flames of hell. You say, preacher, that's not why I came to church today. Why did you come? I don't like the subject. I don't either. Preacher, what kind of pastor are you that would preach on hell on Sunday morning? The kind of preacher that loves you. The kind of preacher would show up a warning sign, a cautious sign. Listen, listen. Billy Graham said this. If the pulpit, if the pulpit were more full of hell, the pews would be less full of hell. See, society has a strange belief system. Have you ever noticed that? In society in which we live, if you believe you are a girl and you are a boy, then you are a girl. (laughs) To me, that's strange. I don't know, maybe I'm old-fashioned or something. But society has such a belief system that is so screwed up, ladies and gentlemen, and they're pumping it down the minds and hearts and souls of our kids. They not only believe that if you are a boy and you believe you are a girl, then you are a girl. But they not only believe that, you've got to believe it too. And if you don't believe it, you're bigot, mean-hearted, and weird. Would some of you ladies say amen because the men are afraid to? Either that or I got them treed. I have no idea. See, society believes that abortion is not murder. It's pro-choice. And we are bigots if we do not believe the same thing. Yet they'll prosecute a dad if he enables the wife to abort and the baby is dead. But they'll pay a doctor just because he's got M.D. in front of his name to yank a little baby out of the womb at eight months and suck his brains out and sell his parts. You say, this is not a Sunday morning message. Is this Sunday? Is this a message? Then you're wrong. I just am really up a tree. But if I look at a boy who thinks he's a girl and I look at him and when reality sets in, That sucker's still a boy. Don't make any difference how many knives he's and what they've cut off and what they've added. He still can't have a baby. He's still a boy. Don't you think it's about time reality set in? That just because we don't believe in God, that don't mean there is no God. And just because... You don't like to talk about bad things, that bad things still not exist. And so I just thought I'd drop by today and talk to you just a little bit and read for you the story of a record of a man that intentionally rejected Christ in this life. and the results of rejecting Christ in this life, what happens in the life to come. This is a story concerning eternal life or eternal death. It's a story that teaches us that we are not only to live right, but we are to die right. This book is a book about living and dying. Now, some of you little old kids over here, I know you're so smart that you think I'm old-fashioned and I don't have any idea what's going on. You know, I was around the barn four times before you ever a gleam in your daddy's eye. I've seen more, witnessed more, done more, gone more, spent more, made more than you kids can even imagine. And you smirk when I preach? That shows your brain is out to lunch. I'm just trying to keep you kids out of a place called hell. And while you're here, keep you out of a place called jail. Just thought I'd get your attention because some of you look like you're watching Roadrunner and Coyote. You say, they'll not come back. Oh yeah, they'll come back. They like the truth. It's mom and daddy, it can't stand the truth. I'd like to help you just a little bit. This man wised up but it was too late. You understand that now? It's too late. Preacher, I'll get saved on my deathbed. You want to bet? I said, you want to bet? You'll get saved when God wants you to get saved, or you won't get saved at all. You'll punch your ticket to heaven, or you'll ride the train to hell. You better do it now. There's a man whose children rode our bus for years and years and years. I would go downtown some street in Fort Worth every Saturday. I witnessed this fellow so many times on Saturday. It got to be that when I came by his house, He was sitting out front on a table and a lawn chair with lemonade made for when I got there. That's God's truth. His little kids rode our bus every single Saturday. And I'd go by his house every single Saturday. And I'd sit down and ask him again, if you died today, do you know absolutely 100% sure you'd go to heaven? This man told me for a year, preacher, I'm lost. If I died right now, I'll go straight to hell. But I'm just not ready to get saved. I've left that place week after week with tears in my eyes, feeling that I was in help, not right with God or something else, and left this kind, gracious, good Father with his own testimony. If I died right now, I know I'll go straight to hell. But I'm not ready. One day, probably, he'll get ready. One day, maybe God will pull the light switch. He'll realize. Late one night, into the midnight hour, a nurse called me from Harris Hospital. Said, Preacher, Mr. So-and-so's in the hospital and they want you to come. And I walked in and He was all wired up in tubes in every orifice of his body, I suppose. And I walked in and I saw him. And I said, sir, could I tell you again the story of Christ? And I took him down the Roman road, back through the Jericho road and down the Samaritan road. And with all of that equipment in him, Him as pale as a sheet. He said, preacher, I love you. And I know if I died right now, I'll go straight to hell. But he said, I'm just not ready. And I went back out in the waiting room and his little kids who visited our children's church and are saved, now mom who saved begin to beg. Preacher, did he get saved? Did he get saved? I said, no. But the nurse is going to call me if there's any change at all. I went home. Preacher, I'll get saved when I want to. I'll live my life sumptuously and I'll dress in my purple and I'll wear my nice things and I'll spend my life buying all this stuff that's making me happy and At the last minute, preacher, I'll I'll get saved and I'll go to heaven, sure as the world. The next night, the call came. I put my clothes on, went to the hospital late in the night. And now there's a doctor in the room at all the time and two nurses in the room. When I walked in, the doctor saw me and said, as if to say, I've done all I can do. Now let the preacher do his. And I walked over to that man and took my soul in his New Testament out again and opened it in his face. And I shared once again that there's none righteous. No, not one. For all have sinned, come short of the glory of God. I told it. God commended his love toward you in that while you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you that you might not die. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, I said. And I looked at him. <laughs> Weeping I was. And I asked him, sir, would you just please accept Christ today. He looked at me and said, Preacher, I know if I die right now, I'll go straight to hell. But I'm just not ready. And I watched as his eyes rolled. And he went out to meet God his own testimony I'm not ready. Behold today is the day of salvation. If you're not absolutely 100% positively sure That heaven is your home. Boy, you need to get that straightened out right now. Watch this, if you would, please. I have 10 minutes. I want to show you something about this man. Watch it in your Bible. Luke 16, verse 19. I'm going to give you the points quickly, and I'm going to close. This man was lost and wasn't concerned about it. Lost and wasn't concerned about it. His concern was wrapped up in purple clothing. His concern was wrapped up in imported silk clothes from Egypt. His concern was wrapped up in sumptuously living. While all the time he was on his way to hell and wasn't concerned about it. Could I have an amen? Kind of puts America right into the kettle, doesn't it? He was lost and wasn't concerned about it. Look at verse 19. The Bible says about this guy, verse 19, and there was a certain rich man that was clothed in purple, fine linen, and fared sumptuously every day. We are living in a society that is lost don't know which way it is back to God, don't even know if there is a God and doubt if there is and if there is, they wish there wasn't. And the world is falling apart and they're lost, hopeless and helpless in a world going to hell in a handbasket and we seem to be not concerned at all about it. We're more concerned in the threads we wear, the cars we drive, the houses we live in for just a few years. This man was lost and was not concerned about it. He was unconcerned about his condition. I could tell him there is none righteous, no, not one. It would go right over his head. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Don't talk to me about that, man. I got a car with cruise control. I got a house with air conditioning. I got automatic dishwasher, automatic vacuum cleaner, automatic doors, automatic window. Man, I've got all the heaven I want right here on earth. What are you concerned about? Well, it's almost 12, the ball game starts. That's what I'm concerned about. How many seconds in hell do you think will make you change your mind? How long did it take this guy to get concerned about his five brethren that's not saved? Preacher, you ought not be talking about hell. I know it. I'm just a shallow preacher that's all he was unconcerned in his condition he was unwise in his commitment think about this I know you know that over in Luke 12 there's another story about a certain rich man do you know that those two guys might be the same ones You know, also in the Bible, there's a story about a rich, young ruler. What if those are the same guys and as youth, he, 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 he rejected Christ. As an adult, he rejected Christ. On his deathbed, he rejected Christ. Now he spends all eternity in hell. All because he was unwise in his commitment. He was committed to his stuff. He was committed to his things. He was committed to being happy here. He was committed to the wrong thing. And God says, listen, thou fool. Thou fool, tonight thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those riches be? You know how long it takes you to die? That long. Do you know all my life I've had perfect blood pressure? Then I married Ginger. (laughs) And it went out the top. Just one day, just one day my heart went crazy. One day my blood pressure began to get high and higher and higher. One day, my heart rate would be 20 and then into the hundreds and something, up and down, up and down. One day, one day, just one day, I almost died. One day this week, Ed Bader's heart stopped. You know Ed Bader. He if I sat back up by the post, always give me a hard time. Yeah, you know last Saturday, Ed Bader was trimming the hooves on a horse, Two days later his heart stopped how long take how long does it take one of your teenagers to die one car wreck one road rage one kid don't know how to use a gun one kid hooked on moral combat and so forth and so on till will takes a thirty-eight pistol, sticks his ear and blows his brains out. You say, you know somebody? Oh yeah, I've done funerals for good kids just like that. Mm-hmm. This guy was a fool because he was lost and wasn't concerned about it. You know what's even worse? Parents who have lost kids and are not concerned about it. Secondly, I notice in verse number 22, not only was lost and wasn't concerned about it, watch this, he died and didn't expect it. Verse 22, What's this. Verse 22, and it came to pass that the beggar died was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Death's unexpected. Death is universal. How many of have ever read Genesis chapter five? The Bible said Adam lived 130 years. Then there's a punctuation and two words, and he died. <laughs> and a few more verses down, it said, "And Seth lived a hundred and uh, eight hundred and thirty years." Punctuation, and he died. A few verses down, Enos lived hundreds of years. You say, "Why didn't you memorize that?" Punctuation. And he died. The Bible said it's appointed unto man. Every man wants to die. We're not going to get out of this thing alive. You are in the business of dying. One day at a time. One step at a time. One hair at a time. Notice Sanders' got glasses on? You know why he's got glasses on? His eyes are dying. Cause all the rest of them are dying. I don't know what I'm going to say at his funeral. (laughs) He was unconcerned and didn't expect it. (laughs) Thank God he didn't go to hell, right? If you don't know, you're going to heaven. You're foolish above all people I know. Well, I go to church. That ain't going to get you to heaven. This guy was lost and was unconcerned about it. He died and didn't expect it. Although death is universal and death is unavoidable. Thirdly, he went to hell and couldn't avoid it. And the rich man died and was buried. So, what it said? And boy, it didn't take God long to say, verse 23, and in hell, he'd lift up his eyes. He was lost and wasn't concerned about it. He died and didn't expect it. He went to hell and couldn't avoid it. The Bible says, you have no control after death. God has sent no man to hell. You, did, you made that choice yourself. Amen. Somebody said, what if God so loved the world that he filled up hell with concrete, stuff all the flames so that nobody would have to go there? Oh, by the way, that's exactly what he did at Calvary. And he did it for you. He did it for this guy. But this guy was not concerned about dying. He was too concerned about living. This guy lived as if he could buy life with his money and live forever. So he died and didn't expect it, and didn't have enough money to buy his way out of hell. You say, preacher, this is not too good a sermon. I know that. But he had no control after death. He had no choice after death. And he had no comfort after death. I close. Number one, This man was a fool because he was lost and unconcerned about it. Did you know you're a sinner? You say, how do you know that? I've been talking to your wife (laughs) or your kids. Amen. Uh, I've got six, eight, I don't want to count any higher than that, make me old. Got eight grandkids in this vicinity. They're all brats, every single one of them. Some are cute brats, but brat just the same. They all agree that everything they see or touch belongs to them. If they've ever touched it, it's theirs. If they've ever played with it, it's theirs. If they've ever seen it, it's theirs. They are little liars. Every single one of them are liars. They learn it from grandmother (laughs) and granddaddy. They are vicious little sinners. They're born bald headed, toothless heathens. They know nothing of morals. They know nothing of any kind of generosity. They are just bald headed toothless, mean little heathens who lie on a regular basis. Probably they might be sinners. He died and didn't expect it. Went to hell and couldn't avoid it. Could I please close? He wanted another chance and couldn't get it. Verse 24, I read for you. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Wrong side of the grave to be asking for mercy. Today is the day of mercy. Not after you're dead. Because there's no mercy after death. Have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things. Likewise, Lazarus, evil things. But now he is comforted and thou art tormented. Besides this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from thence cannot neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. He said, Well, if I can't receive mercy, and if I can't get another chance, if I could I please ask you something else, he said. I have five brethren. I have five brethren. Let Lazarus raise from the grave and that he may testify to them lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said unto them, they have Moses and the prophets. Let they hear them. What he's saying is they have the word of God, the Bible. Yeah, but society's belief system is such as uh, which Bible should we use since there's so many we got to change one so everybody can understand it uh, we, we, got, we got to have a redneck Bible a hillbilly Bible a sophisticated Bible a queer Bible a straight Bible a crooked Bible which Bible? We believe Moses and the prophets problems not which version And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, if one went to them from the dead, they will believe or repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, the one rose from the dead. I'm going to make a statement. If you never hear another statement, i say the rest of my life. The most awesome power God has afforded you and I in this life is the power to choose. You have a choice where you want to spend eternity. you may not have that choice tomorrow. You say, preacher, let's get serious. I am serious. The most awesome power God has given to any of us in this place today is the power to choose. Now I have a question. Can you afford to reject the Bible, Jesus. Not your Jesus. Not the figment of your imagination. Can you afford to get so caught up in this life That you get unconcerned about your spiritual condition that one day like that you're ushered into eternity. Never have that choice again. You say, I've got time. Why? You got chrome toenails? Maybe your belly button's been chromed or made out of gold. You're something special. Or are you just like the rest of us? Just a sinner that needs to be saved by grace. And all of God's people say. Now this is a Sunday night message. So if you come back tonight, we'll preach it again. (laughs) Because this ain't the kind of message that you hear on Sunday morning at most places. But this is not most places. Kids, I love you. I would do anything short of dying for you to keep you out of hell.